0: Welcome to The Untrue Show, my personal journal covering life, career, and lessons from an untrue point of view, hosted by me, Dana Jones. Thank you so much for coming back to my podcast. I'm so happy to be here. Um, And I've been thinking about what I'm going to talk about today for a while and just kind of watching how things unfold um, with the marketing of music lately. So over the last couple months, we've had some really big releases, and the marketing and promo for them has just kept my um, interest, sparked my interest, made me watch along, follow along across all the different mediums and all the media around them. I'd say there's just been this big hoopla around music releases. That's a tale as old as time, right? There's always a lot of marketing around the release of music and big albums. Um, And the thing I love about it more recently is the fact that music is something that we can still enjoy, appreciate, um we can do it by ourselves we can do it while we're um sheltering in place social distancing and all those things so to me the joy has not been lost when it comes to music I mean the only thing we can't really do is like have enjoy live music and shows I haven't been to a show in a long time just because we can't really do that or we shouldn't do that um I know some things are opening back up there was this big festival in Atlanta this weekend and I went a few years ago but I was so nervous about going this year just because of the virus and so I set it out but it was a really really good time when I did go and got to be outside. I think that that was the first time I'd ever really listened to Kendrick Lamar because he was at the festival that year and it rained the whole weekend, but it was so fun. I mean, there's something about live music. Um, I take that back. I did go to a live concert in my neighborhood, but it was a lot of social distancing. I wore my mask the whole time and I was only there for maybe 45 minutes. Uh, It was a jagged edge show. And if you're an R&B person, it was so fun just to hear them sing all their classic songs, um, I'd say they're definitely crooners, <laughs> but what I want to talk about today is again, getting back to this big promotion cycle around rap music. And so as I've kind of watched everything unfold over the last couple of weeks with Donda, certified lover boy, um, Montero, uh, all those different big rap albums, what I noticed or what made me nostalgic was thinking back on 2007 when it was 50 cent versus Kanye West And, um, I'll never forget how like 50 Cent was like, if Kanye sells more albums than me, I'm never going to make an album again. And they like came face to face at an award show and 50 Cent's like way taller than Kanye. So, you know, they had that whole aesthetic and it was just such a big thing back then uh at least i just remember hearing about it so much in pop culture i remember even before that there was like jay-z and nas and ether and the different songs that they had going back and forth and their rap beef and of course i mean a rap beef is like tales all this time and i think it's so interesting just because rap music sells a lot faster than like r&b music so a lot of people are paying attention to rap music it gets a lot of um streams a lot of downloads and i remember In 2007, when Kanye and 50 Cent were doing that battle, it ended up being where they were releasing the albums on September 11th and Kanye ended up winning. He sold like 900,000 albums, 50 Cent sold 600,000. And obviously it was a publicity stunt because 50 Cent didn't stop making music, even though he promised that he would if he lost. So uh, just watching big stunts like that. And I think back then it was a little less obvious that there were stunts. I mean, I think with everything that happened lately, especially around Donda, because I just, I feel like Kanye always says he's going to release an album and then he doesn't release an album. And so I wasn't really even thinking about Kanye's music, especially with the different behavioral outbursts he's had and the different things that he's said. I wouldn't say I'm less of a fan, but I, I do feel less interested in supporting his music and his concerts and so out of the blue i saw maybe a tweet that was talking about kanye being at mercedes-benz stadium and i'm in atlanta so you know i've been to mercedes-benz stadium and i was like oh that looks interesting and i clicked on it and i remembered all the things that he's done and said recently and i was like uh, i'm not supporting that um and lo and behold, you know, it was streamed live on Apple Music. So of course it's like you couldn't escape what was happening. So I heard about it. People asked me about it. I have a cousin that works in Mercedes Benz. So she worked one of the second event, I believe. And so it's like I couldn't really escape the the news around it. And um you know, I was I thought it was an interesting setup for a show and also interesting that he was doing a listening party when the album wasn't out and selling tickets to a listening party. I always thought that listening parties were a little bit more intimate. So, yeah, the whole thing is a little suspicious <laughs> and then he didn't end up releasing the album. And then he did another one in Atlanta and he still didn't release the album. And he did another one in Chicago and then when the album was put out, I was like, "Oh, it doesn't really look like it's finished because the cover of the album was just black and you know if you've seen any of Kanye's other nine albums they have very artistic and creative covers and um by the time it got posted to streaming I was like oh I think the the, the people who are supporting this or engineering it or the label behind this was like we're just tired of this it's complete enough throw it out there um and that's kind of what happened so I did listen to it but it wasn't um I mean, I think Kanye is a great producer, but overall it did sound like music in alignment with his erratic behavior. I guess that's the best way to put it. Um, a couple of songs did stand out. I did the song Moon. I keep seeing it on TikTok and in some Instagram reels. It's very, um, emotional song and he's doing auto-tune and all that stuff on it. So I could see why people would want to put that in the background of their, um, short videos (laughs) uh yeah so that's kind of my thoughts on that literally the first song on the album is chanting of his mom's name and so that kind of threw me off a little bit but I I haven't really revisited the full album since I just thought it was so interesting how much hype it got only for it to not really live up to people's expectations just based on some of the reviews I think it's it kind of falls in line with 808s and heartbreaks but not not quite the same. Um, And I talked with a friend about this, because I feel like sometimes when you're an artist, and you have reached a certain level of success, and done like your magnum opus or peaked, it's really hard to continue to create after something like that happens. And it's really hard to To in your mind say, oh, I got to beat the success of that. I got to be better than that. It's like you might not ever be. And one example that I talked to her about was Thriller, because I believe Michael Jackson was like 21 when Thriller came out, and so he lived into his to be 50. So it's like, you know, you're constantly going to be chasing after the success of that one album, but that one album is. It's just it was so magnificent. It was so out of this world. It was something that you can't replicate the success of. So I kind of relate that to Kanye. I mean, even like a Katy Perry or a teenage dream. It's like that album was so phenomenal and so big. I don't know if you're going to be able to replicate it, but you still have a lot of life and career and creativity left in you. Um, but it's hard because you you just had such a magnitude of superstardom success with one project. And so I think that same thing about Kanye. Um, and I also think that it was another beef because even though I mean, I've seen some posts about how he put a song on his album and it was kind of shooting jabs at Drake and then Drake put his album out and then um it was just such a huge thing Drake's album because I saw it was like number one streaming for the day for Apple Music and I think it's just because like I said rap goes faster than all other genres it sets a lot of trends um has a lot wide fan base and so I think Drake has a wide fan base um the biggest thing I've seen happen around his album was just all the memes replicating the cover of it like I saw American Express did one Uh, I saw Lil Nas X did one I saw um So many different brands do one. I thought it was kind of funny, you know, at first, and they were really fast. And that's one thing I love about social media marketing is when a brand sees something like that and knows to jump on the trend and they get the buy and approval of their teams. Because you guys, if you work in social and you're listening to this, I know this tugs at your heartstrings because for those that aren't in marketing, it's really difficult to get executive buy-in on something like that and the reason why is because if they're not hip to the trends or if they're not open to new ideas or getting content out really quickly or if they can't jump and vibe with something like this you're gonna have a hard time getting buy-in and this is one of those things where you have to act fast because he puts out the album cover you can't be posting it like four weeks out as part of your content plan. It's one of those things that you got to kind of like stop and drop it into your calendar because it's real time it's happening and you got to just be able to roll with it and be creative. And I, I think I give a lot of credit to the brands that are able to do that because everybody can. And a lot of times your favorite brands out there where you're like, why did they do more online? Why did they do this online? It's because their executives don't get it. (laughs) So It kind of makes me think back to the Gorilla Glue incident. I know people were like, well, why didn't Gorilla do this? Gorilla Glue do this, or Gorilla Glue do that. And I feel like it's a mouthful trying to say the Gorilla Glue name right now, but a lot of the reason why they probably didn't act as quickly as we want them to is because they're not that type of brand. They don't really have to be super active on social media. They don't understand it. They don't get it at the executive level. Um, I never put the blame on like the, the social media manager because trust me, I've been there, done that, and it's really, really hard, especially in corporate settings, to convince executives of things that are in line with best practice practices, things that are in line with being on trend, things that are hip and happening. I mean, we're probably in different, Age groups, so that doesn't help either. So they just don't understand, and so you really have to be able to be good at influencing, in addition to be a good marketer in these types of roles. So back to what I was saying, um certified lover boy comes out. I have not listened to the full album. I heard a couple songs here and there. Honestly, I just it just didn't capture me um <laughs> as a whole. And I'd say some of the reasons why I'm not as into Drake anymore are the same reasons I'm not as into Kanye, just because of his outside of music behavior and actions and I also think being a man in his 30s to call your album certified lover boy is kind of uh, different but whatever um so anyway now to cover those I think that you know having Drake and knowing Drake's influence on the culture and the power of his music and the impact really pushed Kanye in a different direction and I think he was just like trying to be perfectionist on this album and really trying really hard and wanted to get it out to compete with Drake. And I don't think he came out on the winning end of this. Um, I definitely think, you know, Drake's album, I wouldn't say it's better because I didn't listen to it, but I'd say it's gotten more buzz and attention around, you know, the number of streams that it's gotten in terms of the memeability of it, which I think memeability is a factor when you're putting out a project. Like how memeable is it? How memorable in that way online is your project going to be and I think Drake's might have won there um but then when I think about those two albums I also kind of get into thinking about Lil Nas X's latest album and so for those that don't know Lil Nas X is he's actually from Atlanta and I was reading up more about him he is from the west side of Atlanta. He went to West Georgia. That's where I graduated from for a little bit of time. And he was basically just really big into social media, like all the social media. I mean, this guy like graduated high school in 2017. So he's very young um, and really took off in with the hit Old Town Road, which I remember there was such a debate about that because they tried to say it wasn't country music, but it was country music in my opinion. I mean, but regardless of what it was or what label you want to put on it, I thought it was just a great song. It was fun. It was catchy. I feel like everyone was singing it. And so, um, that song went number one for several weeks and then he won a Grammy for it. It went viral on TikTok. And if you think about 2019, like going viral on TikTok, I mean, TikTok is, TikTok is not like the newest thing on the blog, but I feel like the buzz around how it can really influence the music charts is huge just because Old Town Row was not viral on there. I remember um, Savage getting a big boost from TikTok. Um, I want to say Captain Hook. I learned Captain Hook dance. That one was so fun. A lot of Doja Cat songs, like... TikTok is really helping musicians get hits, like getting more attention to them. I see that there's a viral playlist or viral hits list on Apple Music now. And when I go there, I'm like, oh, I just literally listen to each song and do each TikTok dance. Because as my side hobby, I learn all the TikTok dances, but I can't say that I record myself doing them all, but I definitely learn them and have a good time like doing them on my own. It's kind of an embarrassing fact, but it's just the truth. And they're really fun. I mean, honestly, they're fun. And the repetition, I think it really keeps my spirits up throughout the day, working from home. So anyway, uh, Old Town Road was a smash hit. TikTok helped make it a smash hit. I also love that song, Panini, where he's like whistling in it. It's really cool. So over the last few months, he released this song, Montero, which is actually his real name. And the video had like all this imagery that, you know, po- commentators and um media people, I wouldn't even say media people, but you know, there's a lot of talking heads and opinionated people out there who just didn't like the video, didn't like the imagery. People said he had some kind of agenda that he was pushing um because he came out as gay in 2019 and I mean, I think that it's great that he's out and he's a rapper just because In the rap industry, I don't think everybody's had that freedom to just be who they are. So he's just being himself. He tried to put out these shoes with blood in them, these Nike Air Maxes. That was just a little weird. I didn't like that one too much. But long story short, he puts out the video and it just gets so much conversation about how people hate it. How the imagery is just whatever it is. And there's just so much buzz and media around that. Then he releases the song Industry Baby. And it's just like... Is literally in a jail. They have pink suits. They the dancing. I mean, I love the choreography, but it's just it's just. Dif- I've never seen men dance like that, um, on a public stage. <laughs> uh, but I like it. Like like I said, the choreography is awesome. He's a great dancer. He just has so much charisma um that you know i really enjoy watching him and he think he's entertaining i also kind of thought back about the history of controversy so there's just always backlash towards um music videos towards rap artists hip-hop artists i mean even pop music they they all endure their share of backlash like i think about madonna the just like a prayer the religious imagery was caused a lot of conversation if you think about um the Purple Rain album and how that started the parental advisory stickers. you uh, think about N.W.A., Ice T, Public Enemy, Sir Mix-a-Lot. Like all of them had these huge, massive hits that caused a lot of conversation and caused a lot of people to talk and have an opinion and almost, oftentimes, drove change, change of perspective, change of um, laws and policies, but all of them created a star to an extent. And so I think that's a lot of what Little Nas X has done with his album and his imagery. I really like that he's like, again, being himself and doing what he wants to do. And sometimes I'm like, what's marketing and what's just him existing? Like he had this whole prosthetic belly um, and his album release is like giving birth. And he had all these different um, nonprofits that people could, donate to as the registry which i think that that was definitely unique and um i, I like that he was driving attention to these different causes i thought it was really great i have listened to a good chunk of that album i'm still trying to get through it but it kind of gave me like avril lavine vibes uh, one of the songs they for sure had like a rocker vibe i like the song scoop i've added to my running playlist um of course i love the industry baby song it's just so fun and easy to dance to. So I like those. Um, I think it's just, again, like really interesting to watch the different things that he did to market the album. Like in addition to the registry, I saw he did these billboards um, basically saying like, if Little Nas X bothers you, here's the website you can go to. And the website is literally a link to the cover of the album, which is him like laid back, Uh, nude, um, but you know, like a PG version, because you can't see things like from the side. And it's like all this blue and pink and gold. And then a list of all those different places where you can donate as part of his registry. So I do, again, appreciate that him bringing attention to these causes. And I noticed the industry baby video has a lot of those causes listed as well. And so for me, I think it's given me a lot of joy to just examine and watch all the way that these albums are being marketed and the music it's again nostalgic just because I feel like rap hip hop and music in general has always been a huge part of pop culture and driving the conversation forward and challenging us to think and see different things that we never saw before like no one has seen a rapper like Lil Nas X I mean his first song was like a country rap out song that he paid $30 for the beat so uh I think that's really awesome to see things happening that are not what we expected to happen or not what we thought would happen or even superstars just be themselves. Because I feel like a lot of famous people and even people who will be famous in the future are going to see the imagery of Lil Nas X and be more comfortable being themselves. So I'm all for that and I appreciate people being open enough to just share parts of themselves as they're entertaining us. I personally, applaud anyone who's able to fight through everything we're going through right now and still be able to create uh I thought about that when I was thinking about Kanye and the whole Donda thing and just wondered is does he really have the freedom to create in this season because it kind of seemed like maybe there is some conflict between what he wanted to put out and what he did put out and what he's been working on all this time in addition to all the personal struggles that we all go through because I can't speak to one person's I don't know his but I know me uh it has definitely been a day-to-day struggle to just be like hey I want to create something hey I want to do this and just fighting through the fact that the pandemic is kind of lonely and um I don't think I'm going to leave the pandemic the same person that I went into it being so acknowledging those things and being able to accept them now has been a big big thing for me and I'm really happy that I can just admit those like it's been difficult to create the things that I feel like I want to create and it's also been difficult to push through a pandemic I just miss seeing people's smiles I mean I feel like with a mask I'm like a superhero or something nobody knows my identity (laughs) anybody else out there feel like that let me know because I don't think I'm alone in that that logic uh, but I'm still a little bit fearful that the, you know, I mean, the virus is still out there, but I'm still a little bit fearful and cautious about everything that I'm doing. And it's difficult because a lot of people have resumed normal life and it doesn't feel like normal times. So struggling with that on a day-to-day basis, and I really find a lot of joy in still listening to music and still getting to enjoy and appreciate it, uh, and still watch it being marketed. I think people have gotten really creative. Some of my favorite albums last year they didn't get to tour with their albums. And I know that that's how musicians and artists make a lot of their money is going on tour. So I just appreciate that a lot of them did like bedroom concerts and they stream things. And then we got verses where artists, artists would go head to head with their catalogs. So I, I love seeing the innovation that's come out of this pandemic, the innovation, the creativity, the, um, execution of projects and getting things out to the world, even though we're not out, out any, again, um, I appreciate it and I'm thankful for it. And I'm so grateful that you took the time to listen to my show. I, like I said, I've been fighting to be creative and to make sure that I'm still doing things and talking about the projects and things that I want to talk about on this show. So just bear with me. Um, and thanks for sticking around. If you want to keep in touch with me, I'm The Great Dana J on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those places. Email uh, Dana at TheGreatDanaJ.com if you want to talk with me or pitch me. I get some really f- interesting, fun emails. So thank you guys. And I will be back soon. Thanks for listening. And if you guys check out those albums, let me know what your thoughts are. Uh, let me know what songs I might have missed that I should revisit, (laughs) because like I said, I haven't fully gotten through all of them, um, but I'm trying, I'm pushing, and I want you guys to keep pushing too, since we're still in these pandemic times, but thank you so much, and I'll talk to you guys soon, bye.